Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) I love doing stuff like that. But I hope you all are having an amazing holiday season, whatever you're celebrating. If it's Hanukkah, if it's Christmas, if it's anything that pertains to your culture, I hope it's an amazing time that you're spending with family and loved ones. Today's episode is a gift to you in the season. It's my gift to you, and it is one on mindset, one that really talks about embracing the mind, the body, and the soul, and finding alignment in those three things. It is with Dr. Perpetua Neo, and she is a brilliant doctor who has gone through several experiences and now uses her experiences and teaches people how to become the best and highest versions of themselves. We talk about how to make sure you build habits to make sure your mind, body, and soul are aligned. We talked about breathing techniques to help you get out of panic attacks. We talk about how to transition out of toxic relationships. And her UID moment, her moment of using your difference to make a difference, was how she told and still does tell a story of shame and embraces vulnerability. This is one you definitely don't want to miss, especially as we are heading into the new year. And as we're heading into the new year, a lot of people always like to set up all these goals and achievements that they want to have. But make sure that you're working internally because if you don't work internally, you're not going to be able to do anything externally. Also, before we get to the episode, I just want to thank you all. Uh, The early bird just wrapped up for the Thought Leader Academy. But Thought Leader Academy is still going on. A lot of people have been asking me about how to get on more coaching programs with me on uh, best ways to improve their brands, best ways to you know basically sell who they are as global leaders. And the program is going to be launching in January 15, so still for sale. Let me tell you what's involved in the program. The program is for anyone who wants to be a thought leader in the industry. It'll go through a step-by-step approach that you can use to identify your signature expertise, extract content and lessons, and then refine that into valuable content chunks that you can use to speak on stages, you can use to get paid while you're speaking on stages, you can use to attract press and build an entire business around it. We're in the business of building change makers and it's time that people that have been told that they're different all their lives are able to find a voice and use that voice to make an impact. I put that link in the show notes, but for now, enjoy the episode. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide 
Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Another episode of Us Told by Nomads. Today's guest is Dr. Perpetua Neo. She sorts out these blocks quickly and deeply. The big three of busy minds, toxic relationships, and panic attacks. These are things that most people ignore, according to her. And people come to her frustrated by how motivational seminars, self-help, and meditation aren't working. Dr. Neo supports them to heal deeply first because a tree can only soar as high as its roots are deep. Blend in your science, psychology, and ancient wisdom her once overworked and perfectionist clients are charmed by how they start to love and respect themselves. So they not only look like they have it all, they feel and know that they have it all. Welcome to the show, Dr. Neo. Hi, Tayo. Thank you for having me here today. Oh, well, the pleasure is mine. And, uh, you know, with your background, before we get started into the amazing work you do with the big three over there, you are someone that's multicultural. I mean, you're a Singaporean born, you, 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 a Cambridge grad, and you've appeared alongside, you know, Selena Sue, Ramit Sethi, and, um, I think you have, your dad's Chinese as well, right? Yeah, my dad's Chinese. Well, yeah. tell us the whole story. How did you, uh, how did everything happen from when you were born to now? And what were those cultural, cross cultural adventures that you experienced? Well, I was born in Singapore, which as it is, tends to be a melt um, a melting pot of many different cultures so my dad's chinese so i think he's a second generation singaporean and my mother was born in malaysian so she's straight chinese so they're not exactly very very chinese so my mother cannot speak mandarin for instance yes and so that's kind of like a little mix already that's going on and then i did a dna test this year and found out that i have polynesian blood as well so again wow. you know <laughs> i guess cross-culture thing of coming because like what I mean by my mother being straight Chinese is the settlers came to um, the Malay Peninsula and the Southeast Asian area from China uh, as early as I think the 1200 or 1400 and they intermarried in many of the different races over there so which turns out to give you an even more melting pot kind of culture and so I guess if we take think about how you know cultures mix and all there's always been this urge to explore the world and to see what the world has to offer me because Singapore is very tiny if you look on the map people ask where where in Singapore do you live and I'll look at them and say Singapore is just one dot (laughs) so we tend to travel a lot and my parents brought me traveling when before I was two years old so that'll be back in 87 or 88 so and so I guess you know there's always been this urge to explore the world and see what the world has to offer me. And after my undergraduate years, I decided that I was going to do my master's somewhere else. And then one of my professors said, why don't we go to Cambridge? And (laughs) he was a Cambridge graduate, um, a PhD holder from Cambridge. And I was like, okay, if you think I'm good enough for Cambridge, then hell, I'm good enough for Cambridge. (laughs) (laughs) And then I discovered that Cambridge has one of the shortest programs in the world. So I, and off I went. And off you went. And off yes. you went. And what, so let, let's go back there with the Malaysia, Polynesia, China, yeah. <laughs> Singapore. So all these countries that you grew up in, how, did you, were you aware of just how multicultural you were when you were a kid? 
To a certain extent, yes. Um, I always felt a bit strange and a bit different, put it this way, because um, my because I was brought up by my maternal grandparents, and so you know they have uh like how would we put it the the culture that I was the background I was brought in was a bit mixed. So by yeah. saying straight Chinese, we mean that you know there's a cultural blend of Chinese stuff and Malay stuff. So even the fish that we ate were more Malay, and so my Chinese friends and I we couldn't understand each other in that sense, and. Um, in the straight Chinese culture, you know, there's a lot of really beautiful patterns that are very, very colorful. And I, that's how I saw the world. Very colorful, almost, you know, psychedelic to some sense. Yeah. And when that informs your perspective and your lens of the world, it's very hard to, you know, kind of understand people who don't see the world in the same way. Oh, absolutely. But then, yeah. yeah. But then I have, yeah, then my friends who are Malay and Indian would tell me things like, you know, you feel more like one of us. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so to some extent I didn't really understand what was going on it took me many years after leaving my country to kind of understand that oh so that was my upbringing and that starts to make sense when I look back wow wow this is, wow. This is amazing uh, and one of the reasons I love having people like yourself on there is because sometimes at such a young age you're thinking you know all you want to do is fit in and sometimes if you, if you discover that you're really really different you find different ways to connect to people and I was just curious with your background what early on did you realize about yourself was your best connector? What did you realize that you could do in any new environment to always connect to people from different backgrounds? Speak English. English? Language? Yeah. It was language for you. That is so key. So Eng English was what connected you with all these cultures as you were growing up. Whenever you spoke English, you could always at least find someone that you could build a friendship with. Definitely. Because wow. I felt like it was this universal language that connected different people and also because my mother made sure from a really young age perhaps even when i was in the womb she was really reading to me in english because as a migrant she mm. knew the power of being able to speak english so she made sure that she inculcated that into me so in in essence english is my first language and wow. i think in english i dream in english everything is in english in a sense <laughs> yeah well, well, so, how many how many languages do you speak well, I speak English. I speak three different Chinese dialects slash languages. Wow. I speak Spanish, and I and I I speak crap Malay, and I understand a bit of Italian. <laughs> oh my goodness! You're just like a superpower. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, podemos hablar española. What up? Pues te... um, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> um, okay, no, this is this is good. This so this sets up the foundation for now. What you do right now? So you found yourself. You, you, you did all that growing up. When did you realize what your passion was and what your gifts were? I think it took me a long time to understand what my passion was. Of course, you know, I've always liked a lot of things. I like to sleep. I like to eat. Those are like, you know, normal passions that I don't think I can monetize. Yeah, I don't think you can monetize that. <laughs> but then, like, you know, I've always had a real thing for communication, about, for words, for writing. So from a young age, you know, my teachers would tell me things like, one day you're going to be an editor of a newspaper. And I look at them like, yeah, right. <laughs> because you kind of think that, you know, editors, newspapers, journalists, they are adults doing regular jobs, you know, respectable stuff. And there I am, this kid in geeky glasses. <laughs> what do you want me to do? And, you know, so as my love for the language grew, um, and I'm so I'm a big, big, big bookworm, so I read every single thing, even textbooks for fun. 
<laughs> and to the point where I started realizing that, you know, I really enjoy understanding more about people, about society. And when I got into psychology, by then, you know, I realized that people were always telling me things, asking me to solve problems for them. They were paying me to coach them for all sorts of different purposes. Like, you know, I want to get into this really good university. I want to apply for this job. How can you help me? Can you mentor me to get past my mind? Mm. So I realized that I had a knack for solving problems for people. And as it all coalesced um, and I enjoyed my time in psychology, I started to wonder, you know, um, am I mature enough to be a psychologist? Because you're dealing with people with some vulnerable issues. You know, as it happens, everybody in life goes through vulnerable stages, right? But you have to be responsible and grounded enough to hold another person's issues and pains and hopes and dreams in your hands. So when I realized after some time that I'm ready for that, there off I went into clinical psychology training, promising myself that I would use those skills, the qualifications and experience to blend with coaching, which has always been my first love right. in terms right. of helping people. And here I am today wow. doing what wow. I do. And, and the thing I love what you do is, you know, mind, body, and soul, right? You're connecting all these three things together. Yes. And a lot of people, they focus on maybe one mind, focus on maybe the body, or maybe some people huh. focus on the soul. How do we, uh, as individuals, make sure we have those three things aligned? I think the first important thing is to be aware of which one you're really biased towards. Mm. So for my clients, they tend to be very cerebral, very left brain, very type A perfectionist. So they always live in their heads. So if you're always living in your head, then you've got to get your head on board as to why you need to get aligned. So you've got to show them the evidence. For instance, you know, there's all this evidence about brain science, about how the brain and body are connected, the placebo effect, the nocebo effect, and, and what does doing a few breaths deep breaths due to your fear center in your brain. And when they get the evidence or they understand the evolution behind our emotions, then they get on board on taking better care of their bodies or their feelings. Yeah. Wow. And, and is there a step-by-step -step process that you have? I mean, I'm just curious, maybe someone's listening to the podcast right now and they're thinking, okay, what is a practice or daily something that I could do to make sure that those things are aligned? Cause I'm very cerebral. And I like the first thing I think about is I've got to make sure my schedule is online and everything. So they listen to you, Dr. Neo, and they're like, okay, so what can I do to make sure I'm making, I'm um, working my body and my mind and my soul so that mm -hmm. I don't, you know, just maintain a bias towards one thing? Uh, pretty good question. So absolutely. The first thing that I would say is when you wake up at first, don't just reach for your phone and check your emails or check your Facebook messages. Instead, take some time to stretch. This will move your body. And then take some time to set an intention. Like, how do I want to feel today? What do I want to accomplish today? How do I want to make my own world a better place today? Because, mm. you know, we can set a lot of goals. And goals are like the outcomes, right? But intentions are the energy that fuels our outcome. And, and for me, that is very soul-oriented. Because hmm. it takes you beyond just ticking another checkbox. Wow. And, and you know, the, the thing that you're saying, so I, you hear this a lot in a lot of self-help conferences, meditation mm -hmm. conferences, but your clients, they go to these events, you know, they go to these events, they talk about, you know, they might go to the Tony Robbins and all that, mm -hmm. but they still don't feel like they're getting something. Uh, why is that? Because I mean, yeah, what you said, 
is is key, you know, don't reach for your phone. And that's something I'm working on because I'm like married to my phone. Uh, <laughs> I need to learn how to do that. So I'm working on yeah. that, making sure I'm not reactive in the morning and I'm actually more intentional. Yeah. But why is it that sometimes your clients, even after they've gone through these motivational events where they do talk about self-help and meditation, they still feel frustrated? Well, you got to ask yourself what kind of meditation it is. Mm. Because like so many clients come to me saying that, you know, I've done meditation. I bloody hate it. It makes me feel worse. And there's evidence that tells you that meditation makes you feel worse, no matter how it's, you know, trumped up and how people tell you, oh, if you don't have time, you got to meditate two hours a day and, you know, all that bullshit, which yeah. I'm going to call it's bullshit, right? Um, a really important thing about meditation is that let's not fetishize it, right? It's, um, it's a really good tool for your brain. It's a good tool for you to get you grounded. But let's make it efficient for us. So my meditation with my clients can be as simple as just using three breaths. Right. And that's all you need to reset the fear center in your brain so that you worry less, you, you become grounded, you feel your feet on the floor rather than being stuck in your head. And a lot of times as well, when people sit in a meditation class like I have, you don't learn how to breathe. And when you're anxious, actually, you breathe wrongly. You end up sucking in your breath when you breathe in. And when it happens, your lungs constrict. You feel like you're going to hyperventilate. So, of course, you're going to feel worse. So, when I give any talks, demonstrations, or any one-to-one on one-on-one work, the first thing I ask a client is, when you breathe, when you're a bit worried, show me how you breathe. And chances are, they tend to suck their breath in, which makes everything feel worse. So the really simple thing is when you go to a meditation class, always ask yourself, have I learned how to breathe properly? Am I conscious about what's happening to my lungs and my chest when I breathe in and out? Huh. Huh. If you breathe properly, it's, nothing's going to work. Trust me on that. <laughs> so what's the best way to breathe? Well, it's like okay, most of the time we are aware of what, most of the time we breathe normally, but when we get anxious and we tell ourselves, take a deep breath, we end up taking it wrongly. So just put your hand on your belly and just take a deep breath in through your nose. Make sure that your belly is actually filling up with air. Right. Yeah? Not now. <laughs> and then slowly just exhale it. Okay? Okay, let's try it the opposite. Okay? okay? Now I want you to breathe in okay. and I want you to suck your belly in as you breathe. How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, definitely constricted. You know, this This is why I'm asking this. There, yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever been to New York, but... Uh, yeah, I have. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is great. Great. Then you know this. So I, I love New York. I live in New York. It's my favorite city in the world. But there was one time during this summer, uh, and it was really, really... I was in a subway, and the air conditioning was out, and it was, it was hot. It was humid. And yeah. this is one of those situations where a lot of people were in there. And so I felt like... Somehow I'd convinced myself that I was losing air and I was panicking because the, the, you know, the train just stopped a little bit. Sometimes it stops and I was like, okay, we're in between two walls. It's panicking. I can't breathe. People are right here. I am, I'm wearing like a, a jacket and I just felt choked up. And I remember I had my, my little brother that I mentor. There, and I was like, okay, I can't freak out in front of him. And I can't, I was just thinking of so many things and I was panicking in my head. So I just, I started doing, I started to just, okay, tell myself, breathe slowly, breathe mm-hmm. slowly. And then I had a, a paper that I turned into a fan and I started yeah. fanning myself to give some air and it slowly started to go. But, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I didn't know how I was going to get out of that because in other situations when I was in that position, I just got out of the next car. But because yeah. the variable here was my little brother was watching, 
I, mm-hmm. and it was there. I didn't want to look like a, <laughs> I didn't want to look like a, someone that yeah. was, um, maybe he would see as weak. So I was like, I got to figure this out. So I figured out a way to just get myself air, but that was all in my head. I gave myself yeah. a panic attack because everybody else around me was fine. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and I just wonder about that because you, you work with many people with panic attacks and yeah. anxiety. Mm-hmm. If that instant is just what I can do to myself when I'm freaking out, I imagine a lot of your pe- uh, the people you work with, your clients, they do that on a regular basis to themselves. And Definitely. what are the best habits to heal? Because that was not a fun experience for me. So what are the best habits to heal from your busy mind or from a panic attack? Oh, from, let's start with panic attacks and we'll go to busy mind. Okay, so for a panic attack, chances are when if, it has, if it's happening regularly, you want to ask yourself what's that big thought in your head? when that happens so for you it sounds like i don't want to look weak right yeah and recurring <laughs> thought then it's mirroring something that's happening in your life right now so what's the situation in my life where i feel like i'm looking weak and that's the situation that needs to be addressed because much as panic attacks are the worst and most horrific situation ever having suffered from them myself for a period of time in my life i know what it's like right but i also know that looking back they are an invitation to change something that's not working right in your life so you know, sometimes people have this thought that I cannot escape. So it's going to mirror something that's happening in your life when they feel like they cannot escape. And yes. when you find that you can create this escape in your life and start to breathe your own metaphorical fresh air, then your panic attacks will go away. Mm. And, and you know what? I, the other thing that I thought of during that panic attack, which is what I love the example is, I just I was trying to tell myself, this happens all the time. The train uh-huh. is going to get there. There are many people here, they're not seeing the same thing you're seeing. So this is obviously something you're creating. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. How can we get to the point where you realize that this is internal and not external? And so I just kept telling myself that and I needed to just look and, and just breathe. But... I, I saw. I thought it was the strangest thing that when I had the variable, because it happened to me twice this summer. When I had my my um, little brother there, I figured out a way to make sure that I did it. I, I survived that. But when I was yeah. alone, I just got out of the next car. I was like, no, I'm getting into the next subway uh-huh. with AC because this is too much. And uh-huh. it's funny how we can convince ourselves of certain things. Yeah, uh, because we don't. We want to make sure we were like to a super. So I, I was just. It was crazy for me, and I always wondered what the variable was but huh? yeah um breathing is important making sure you're picturing images where you're, you're you know you're actually strong and understanding yeah. why what the bigger cause is, is yeah uh, is, and very importantly i think it's really important to be gentle with yourself because so many a time we feel like 
we are led by the stick rather than the carrot. Yeah, that's 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 and crazy. Yeah, yeah. And just or in during a bad time, we need to be fierce with ourselves. But actually, that makes everything worse. It's true. We we get so hard on ourselves, and and yeah. um, and it's, it's just it does a lot worse. So okay, so that's that's one panic attack, and it's you know breathing, me- mental framing. What about mm-hmm. the busy mind? You know the anxiety. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, this is New York City. I'll keep you using city. You live in. You live in, um, are you in London or, or? I live in Brighton, yeah. You're in Brighton, so you're in England. Yeah, uh, so yeah I, I, I love New York. I love the speed. I come from Singapore, so I know speed. Ah, uh, so you know, exactly. So Singapore and all that, where you have all these things, and you're an entrepreneur yourself, you are someone that has clients, I imagine, on, on a yeah. regular basis, and they're from different parts of the world. And even you, with your family, you think in different languages, well, you think in English, but you have yeah. family and different members from different cultures, so there's mm-hmm. that variable there. How do you yeah. heal a busy mind and maintain a focus so that you are the best version of yourself? So really important for your busy mind is to ask yourself, why am I addicted to my busy mind? Why do I need to live in my head? So when you live in your head all the time, you're avoiding something. You're avoiding an emotion. You're avoiding your body. You're avoiding the more soulful bits of you. So really importantly is to ask this question, what am I running away from that I need to go into my head? And secondly would be, how can I ground myself a bit better? So a very quick thing is when you're always stuck in your head, you forget you have a body. So just move your feet, just shuffle your feet against the floor. When you're walking and you're having a million thoughts in your head, we're not talking about the exciting kind of plans. We're talking about worries, you know, thinking about, oh, my last conversation with someone, all the mistakes I've made, or thinking about rereading back an email, how stupid you sounded, okay? So that's what I mean mean by worries. And when that happens, all you want to do when you're walking is just slow down your pace. Feel your feet against the ground, the soles of your shoes against the floor. And actually, you'll find that you come back into your body and back into the earth. And that's one of the simplest things that I can teach anybody because the whole idea about working with me is that I'm not giving you crazy astrophysics to solve. <laughs> Simple. And so it's doable. So you've got like as little excuses as possible not to do it. Yeah. Slow down the pace. Yeah, slow down your pace. And, and notice what's going on around you. And mm. then, you know, most of my clients will tell me, you know what, like last week I noticed this new restaurant. I'm going to treat myself to that. I'm like fabulous because I'm all about food. So yeah. you know, I'm always celebrating people having food. And then really importantly, after you've done something new for yourself, remember this is a very, very tiny muscle, right? Whereas your worry muscle, your panic muscle is a very big one. So if I tell my clients, you know, if they all wore dresses, what sizes would they wear? So the panic or anxiety muscle tends to be like size XXXXL. Okay, and your new kindness or you know um your your grounded muscle can would would be something like x x x x s. So you got to be able to grow that muscle because you know the first time you work a muscle in a gym, it's tiny. It doesn't know what to do. You want to make it automatic. So what do you do after as you do some as you work that muscle? You treat yourself. Okay, so because treating yourself will cause dopamine to flood in your brain. And it's going to make you feel good. So you think, ooh, what can I do to do that again? Yeah. And you're going to repeat that action. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is, that, this is fascinating to me. I, I geek out about these type of stuff. Uh, and before, yeah. before I connect there, all three, how do you transform yourself if you're in a toxic relationship? If possible, if you can 
get out, leave for good, cut off all contact. Mm. Hmm. Yes, that would be like my prime advice. Of course, you know, if you're co-parenting with a toxic ex, then it's difficult. But what you want to do is you want to have raise your boundaries or in like, you know, geek sci-fi words, raise your shields up. Yes. Yeah. And chances are, if you've been in a toxic relationship, you have a reason why you attract these people or you're attracted to these people. And we're not saying it's because you're weak, okay? Because these abusive people tend to have something, tend to be attracted to something in you. So, for instance, empathy and other forms of strength or intelligence, but then they don't like it because they're kind of jealous of it at the same time. So instead of using empathy as, as your weak spot that becomes bait to these bad people, you want to ask yourself, how do I mutate empathy into my superpower? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so essentially you got to ask yourself, okay, you got to figure out one, why the hell am I attracting these people? Okay. Two, what makes it difficult for me to not recognize them? Three, what makes it difficult for me to say, go away to them or run far and fast. And when you can figure out all these three and you heal the different parts of you that have been wounded by these people, you can soar again. Wow. You know what's funny? So I have, I have several good friends who, um, mm-hmm. who talk about this. They always, one of the questions they always bring up to me is, you know, why do I always attract these type of people? And mm-hmm. this is not necessarily toxic. It's more people that are emotionally man- manipulative to them. And well, that to- yeah, so I, guess, I guess it is. Talk- yeah, you're right. So, then, so, and then what happens is that they say, I'm just too nice or I just want the person I want to heal. Like I, I feel bad for the person. And it's what you're saying. They have this amazing emotional intelligence to be very empathetic. But what happens yeah. is sometimes the other person uses, takes that for granted and turns that to, to them because he knows or it could be he or she. It's happened both ways. I've seen it with my friends where they, that person knows that if they continue to just say some trigger words, that person will come running, running back. And so it, it, as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm wondering, yes, asking those questions, you know, why do I keep attracting these people? What am I trying to do with this? Yeah, I mean, do you think that they should do that on a daily basis so that they can really get to the root of that? Because I, if you do that once in a while, it's probably, it's probably not going to be enough of a habit for you to, to break the pattern. Well, I wouldn't say daily basis. So for instance, you know, like I have this eight-week program called Detox Your Heart, regardless okay. of whether you work with a person like that that's toxic or you are in a relationship or were in a relationship or, you know, or have a friend who is toxic. If you're tired of having all these vampires in your life, this is what we do. And within the first two hours, we're going to figure out exactly why these people get attracted to you. And answer those questions. So you don't have to torture yourself with that every day. Oh, look at you. Look at you. If, you. if you're interested in healing your panic attacks, your busy mind anxiety, your toxic relationships, Dr. Perpetua Neo is the one. And you primarily work with uh, high-achieving women. Is that correct? I, yeah. I, normally, I work with high-achievers. I also work with some men as well. Okay. High-achievers. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the thing with a lot of high-achievers is a lot of times on the outside, it looks like you're killing it. And a lot of times... Because you looks like you're killing it, you, you feel like you can't really talk to anyone about it. Um, yeah. You got Dr. Neil here to actually to be someone that you can talk to, and and that is something that we all need to to work on. I you know I've gotten into that trap myself where, you know, the outside brand and and just looks amazing, and no one thinks that there's anything wrong with you. So because no one thinks there's anything wrong with you, you don't feel like you can actually 
<laughs> bring up anything that's actually wrong with you. So whenever something happens, you keep it internal. And then that just builds this, this yeah. busy mind. It builds your anxiety. It, it, it plays out in relationships. And then you become toxic on unintentionally. And, and five, six yeah. years down the line, you're wondering, when did I become this person that's not even accepting of love or accepting of that? Um, so this is why it's very important because it's one thing to be captivating and charming and confident on the outside. But if you're not like that internally, uh, you can't live a charmed life. Definitely. And, you know, like that's a big difference between feeling like you have it all and looking like you have it all. Yeah. And you want to close the gap. Yes. Look at you. Look at you. Just, just making a difference everywhere. I love it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> she, she, she made a difference in Singapore and then, and then all through Asia. And then she, now she's came here. She came here to do it in Europe. Are you ever going to come to North America to, to? Oh, I speaking in Seattle last week for, um, no, last month for startup week. And so I was speaking to tech people about busy minds, mastering your mind and to women about, toxic relationships on the detox your heart rising from it right. kind of thing wow and wow. i would love to do something in new york so if you ever have any opportunities call me oh, for sure I'll, de I'll definitely i'll definitely let you know and the other thing before we we close and get to this is yeah. i'm looking at the world today right so yeah. what you do straddles communication uh straddles mm -hmm. internal work straddles mental health and you look at the world today there's we by all metrics we have all the tools to connect with almost anyone in the world at yeah. the same time, the paradox is people aren't listening to each other. No one's connecting. There's a lot of barriers, my way versus your way. There's a lot mm -hmm. of ethnocentrism. There's a lot of just interesting uh, dilemmas where people are just being in, in, ineffective leaders. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. as someone that has grown up all over the world, as someone that works with high achievers, someone that herself um, is interested in, in being a global leader, what do you feel like the world needs right now? I think the world needs people who can be vulnerable. You know, we're not just t saying that vulnerability means go out and tell everybody a sob story and say, woe is me, I'm a victim. No, actually, vulnerability just means being able to own your biography, own your story. Um, like you said, you know, so, so often we believe that we look like we have it all, so we cannot say anything. There's so much shame. But actually, as a leader, if we can stand up and say, you know what, this thing happened to me too, too. it's okay, it's mm -hmm. part of life, then there's going to be less shame and less stigma. Because trust me, the biggest stigma sometimes comes from the stigma that you throw on yourself. Yeah. And if somebody can stand up and tell the truth, I think that's a great one. And I'm seeing a lot of difference these days. You know, people are actually telling the truth, telling the stories, owning their biographies. So their past doesn't have a hold on them anymore. You know, I always say that your story is this glamorous couture dress, if you're a woman, that <laughs> I cannot wear because it's going to swallow me. You know how like some people are very scared of wearing some clothes, right? Because yeah. some clothes are big or too loud. But actually, if you own your story, you can actually rock that glamorous couture dress. Oh, that wow. is my fervent belief. So, you know, if leaders, if we can talk vulnerably, vulnerably and still be a strong example to everybody else and lead with wisdom and compassion, I think the world will be a very different place because we'll be able to listen to what somebody else is saying rather than shout over one another. There's so much ethnocentrism because 
we believe our point of view is better. We try to convince each other with the hard facts, but sometimes the hard facts don't work, right? We got to ask ourselves, you know, in spite of all this smoke and mirrors and everything else this person is saying, what are they really saying at the heart of it? And when you have that whole wisdom and you're, and how even you're grounded, when you can own yourself, you can actually make that effort to listen to what the other person is really, really telling you. That's, that's powerful. And what you're saying reminds me of a lot of what my, one of my favorite people in the world, Brene Brown, it's, you know, vulnerability mm-hmm. is a strength, right? You know, this, yeah. Going through that and, and being able to be fully yourself and, and express your 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 hurt, your love, your whatever is one of the best ways to connect because it is it inspires others to do the same, you know. Definitely. And I, yeah, you know that that's one of the reasons I get mad about you know the way some people define manhood. Uh, I'm one of my missions in the world, other than building global leaders, is to redefine masculinity. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people like to say that you're weak as a man if you are emotional you're you're weak as a man if you say i love you you know they they try to say all these things and then uh, what happens is a lot of men internalize that and then you know you're not able to let those feelings breathe and set with you and understand how that that can actually let you grow and then if you let that if you let that lay dormant for 20 30 years that manifests itself in anger rage um abuse and just other dangerous things in the world so. Yeah, hmm. that's a really good one. You know, like I totally concur that it's, it's not a weakness for men to show emotions. In fact, you no, know, I have a lot of respect for men who can own their emotions. Yeah, wow. This so is the... they integrated the different parts of themselves. Yeah, and great to look weak in you know in in parentheses because it's not a form of weakness. Man, yeah, no, this is great. Um, I've, I've, gosh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. But this this is so much fun for me just to hear. People like yourself who, who've committed to working to this, this is the, your life's work. I mean, you're, you're someone that, that embodies this in, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful way. You embody this in, in, such a, in such a way that's inviting. And, you know, even just hearing you talk about what you do with, with several layers of, of anxiety, of, of relate toxicity, and, and just everything, it's, I can see how your clients come out better. Thank you. <laughs> so, anyone listening right now, uh, they're from all over the world. So, they, you know, they're curious about. Man, I get Dr. Neo. Um, it's like the Matrix. But uh, how can they connect with you? So, you can go to my website and go to perpetualneo.com/connect. Pop me an email, and we'll have a chat. I often offer someone a forty-five minute complimentary consult to see how we can go forward and how I can help you. Um, you can also go to my services page that's currently being updated, but you can see like a few different things that I offer. So right on top, you see I want to transform myself. So I help people to heal from panic attacks, their busy minds, and toxic relationships. There's also a program called Charmed Life for people who feel like their life is completely imbalanced because they've been overworked their whole lives. Yeah. And now they want to grow other parts of their lives to feel good about themselves and to feel whole. The other one is called Captivating, Charming, and Confident. Okay, for anybody who feels like they don't own their voice. So whether we're talking about presentations or, or public speaking or networking or even dates or socializing, if you can't own your voice, you can't feel authentic. You know, we're not asking you to go and copy Tony Robbins. <laughs> we're just asking you to find your voice and create your voice in the way that is you. So that's how you can work with me. Yeah, no, and, and that's all on the website. We'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes. As you can see, uh, you know, 
Dr. Neo here is a multifaceted uh, individual. She's someone that's well-traveled. She's not just going to give you a solution that's, you know, that doesn't, that only works for one culture. She's uh, culturally intelligent enough to be able to appeal to all sorts of emotions. Uh, but, you know, her goal is to make sure you live that charmed life. And if you're interested in living that charmed life, I would recommend you, uh, you check her out. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Before I go, I like to ask my guests this question. It is my mission mm-hmm. statement. Use your difference to make a difference. This is the reason I do anything. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, this is what I think about. And when I go to bed, this is what I think about. So how do you, Dr. Perpetua Neo, use your difference to make a difference? How do I use my difference to make a difference? Good question. I leverage who I am. And I tell my story without shame. Hmm. She leverages who she is, and she tells her story without shame. Boom. What the? Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, uh, before we... (laughs) I don't even know how to to even segue from that. That's amazing. So, you tell your story without shame. Is there an incident when you've told your story that someone else has connected with you in such a deep way? Actually, yes, because like, you know, the, the big three that I work with, that's something that I used to suffer from, even though I did know I was suffering from them. Mm. So, you know, I made it my life's mission because, you know, I can have all the credentials, but I also want to feel like you know, I know what you're going through as well. So in that sense, so, you know, like I've talked about my panic attacks on Mind Body Green. I've talked about toxic relationships and my own experience on, my, on Mind Body Green and on the Huffington Post and on different podcasts. And because I know the whole stigma and shame when I kept it my dirty little secret. And so I want to help different people to all over the world to realize that, you know what? It's okay. You are not alone. And there's light. Mm. And so, you know, I, I wake up to emails saying things like, you know, thank you so much. I thought I was alone. Thank you so much. I thought I would have to suffer for the rest of my life. Yeah. Now I be free. Here. And, you know, even though some of these clients, or some of these people, readers, I never hear from them again, I know that I'm impacting millions of people, let's say. And in that sense, I feel really good well, about what I do. It makes me want to wake up every day. I, I got to tell you, this has been, this has been amazing. I got to thank you for coming on the show because that is, that, is what, that is my favorite thing to hear as well. Whenever someone emails me and they say, I thought I was alone, thank you for, you know, that story. And I'm sure your story is going to be a similar experience where someone's going to say, Dr. Neo's story really, really inspired me to, to share my story more, to, to embrace who I am, and to really deal with the internal things I've been avoiding all this time. So thank you for that. You're welcome, and thank you so much for having me here on the show. I had so much fun chatting with you. <laughs> well, the pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine. And ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market